Good morning. Woohoo! I get to preach again. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a little while, so anyway, it's okay. That's all right. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is coming Saturday. Uh, Alan Smith uh, leads a, a ministry that ministers to single parents and their children. And you've got what, like 140 something coming? Okay, 154 children, probably about 100 bikers. Uh, we need uh, we need some people who would like to really make an impact on eternity by just simply being here to greet and to just help out. Uh, and he's got some, but needs some more. Alan, stand up. Okay, in case you don't know Alan, uh, this is Alan. And if you've got if some availability on Saturday, it's afternoon, right? You can sleep late, and you can still do this. Uh, See Alan after the service. It's an opportunity to serve. Uh, Jesus said, whatever you've done to one of the least of these, you've done for me. Uh, So when you serve children, you're you're, you're in in on a good thing. Uh, Would you stand with me, and let's read three verses of Scripture from Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would empower us so that we would have ears to hear and and hearts to understand. Lord, take take our hard hearts and make them soft. Invade our space. Change change our, our way of thinking. Change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The timing of this message uh, right before the election is uh, seems to be a very, it's actually a very fortuitous uh, timing, and, it's, and, and the Lord's the one to put it together. When I, at the first of the year, when I was, uh, was outlining where we were going to go this year in, in the sermons, I, I promise you that I didn't come to this passage and go, oh, wow, that's right before the election, man. Uh, no, it didn't, it didn't really occur to me. It just went, wow, oh, the, get to uh, teach about the peace of Christ. That's, I always enjoy that. That, that's good. And then a couple of months ago, I began to realize, whoa, yeah, this is probably going to be a really good, uh, this is probably going to be a real timely thing for a number of people. I addressed, um, several weeks ago, maybe, maybe two or three months ago, the election hyperbole that happens every four years about this being the most important election in the history of our country. Uh, and I, I can say two things about this election. Uh, in terms of it being the most important, it's in the top 100. <laughs> and it may not be the most important. In fact, I think it probably isn't, but it is certainly one of the most divisive, uncivil, hate-filled, 
elections I have ever experienced, and I am sick of it. Uh, and I and I and I and I actually took my own advice a few uh, a while back and just asked God what He wanted me to do, and then turned off the noise. And I'm still sick of it. You can't get away from it. However, more to the point, um, you know, that's the macro. The the, uh, the the micro, the personal, is really what impacts us. And, yeah, there's an election coming up this next week. But this last week, Margaret and I bought a freezer. And uh, we had a freezer before that. Uh, it was a, we had bought it secondhand, and it, it, it would freeze real well, but it also had gremlins in it. And every now and then, they would just push the door open. And that's not good with a freezer, especially when it's out in the garage and you may not come back for several hours. So we got a new freezer. And <clears throat> you need to know this because this is, this is, uh, just because I want to tell you, but but also also you need to know it. Uh, th- this is a way that I that I that I put sermons together. I'll spend I'll spend the week uh, meditating on it and, and going, okay, you know, uh, where where am I going to go with this? And then usually on usually on Friday, it's not always Friday, but usually on Friday, um, usually by the afternoon, I'll sit down for uh, you know maybe two three four hours and and put the notes together and actually put it down on paper. So this Friday, you know, I'm doing that. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm putting together the notes for, uh, what the Lord's given me. And I get a phone call, uh, get a phone call from the guys who are delivering the, um, uh, uh, freezer. I get a phone call from the guys who are delivering the freezer. And they say, well, we're on our way. And I said, okay, that's, that's great. Uh, I had asked Margaret if she could be home during the, the window that they give you. And, so I called her up. Yeah, she was home. So everything, everything's going great. I go back to, go back to doing the sermon. And then about 20 minutes later, I get another phone call and these guys go, we can't get up your driveway. And I'm going, what? what? Uh, you can't get, you can't, uh, people get, people get up our driveway. I mean, it's been done before. Do you drive a semi? And they, no, no, we, we drive a big, I said, well, people with big trucks have gotten up. We have appliances. You know, they've been delivered to our house before. This, well, we, I'm well, sorry, we can't get up your driveway. We, we, we could go leave it at the store. I'm going, no, don't go leave it at the store. Go, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. My daughter lives next door and she's got a much easier driveway to get up. So, uh, if you go, uh, to the right and go to her house, you can get up her driveway and, and everything, you know, it, just put it on, just put it in. Her, her husband's got a pickup truck. Just put it in the pickup truck. We'll bring it up later. Okay. So I'm going back to, uh, to doing the sermon. And then I get another call about five minutes later. We can't get up that driveway either. Well, and, and actually before I did that, I mean, I'm writing a sermon, people. And, and, uh, and, and before that, actually, you know, I had to call Margaret and tell her, you know, well, this is what they're going to do. They're going to get up an orange driveway. You know, the couple, we can't get up this driveway either. I went, you guys, okay, I'm just being honest here, being transparent. I know that all of y'all would have been much, much nicer. Because you guys, you, you can't get up her, and I'm thinking if you can't get up her driveway, you need to walk home is what you need to do. Because this is not much of a driveway. And uh, I go, okay, wait, wait a minute. All right, I'm going to, 
I'll tell you what, if you'll just wait, I'll get, I'll get her to get in her husband's pickup truck and come down the driveway. You can put it in there and she'll drive it up. Okay. All right. That's what we'll do. So I call Arwen and I go, Hey, uh, can you get Jeremy's truck and take it down so these guys can put it on truck? I'll call, I'll call, uh, mom to come and, and stay with the boys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So I call Margaret. She doesn't answer. So I call Margaret again. She doesn't answer. So I call Arwen back and go, okay, uh, you know, she's not answering. Well, I'll walk the boys up there. I'm going, okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. We're, we're good. We're good. So I'm writing a sermon. And then about two minutes later, I get a buzz from the secretary going, oh, we just discovered that the heat is out in the preschool hallway and they can't fix it this week. It's supposed to be 58 degrees on Sunday. And I just thought I'd let you know. Hallelujah. I'm writing a sermon, people. This, this is what I'm supposed to be doing here. In the midst of all, you know, in the midst of the freezer and, 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 and the temperature that's going to be in the, in the preschool room, I am meditating. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. This literally means let Christ's peace be your decision maker. And uh, in order for you to know when God is speaking to you, in order for you to know what God is saying about, you know, do I do A, do I do B, do I do X, you know, whatever, in order for you to know that, it's really important to be able to identify the peace of Christ, to, to recognize what the peace of Christ is and, and, and what, what it feels like. What is the peace of Christ? First of all, let me tell you that the peace of Christ is not a mood that you can manufacture. It has nothing to do with soft music and, 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 and nice lighting and, and, and still waters. Those things are great. You know, and, and that's, that's okay, you know, for like lowering your blood pressure and things like that. But that's not the peace of Christ. The, the peace of Christ isn't dependent on circumstances. It isn't dependent on outside influences. It isn't, it isn't even dependent on internal reasoning. The peace of Christ is, and I'm going to use a word here that you don't hear often in Pentecostal and, and, and Protestant churches. The peace of Christ is mystical. It's mystical. When, when you go, well, how do I, how do I know, how do I recognize the peace of Christ? That is a very similar question to how do I know when I'm in love? You just know. And how do I know if it's the peace of Christ? You just know. You to, when I was uh, a child, I was, you know, I was brought up in a, in a Protestant church, and you know, and it, and it was it was good. The training was great, but you know, it, it was pretty much you know white bread. And and there were times when I was kind of going, you know, man, these other things seem attractive because there seems to be something beyond me, something. Something mystical, something out there that's bigger than I am. So, something that, that I can't explain and I, and I, and I longed for that sort of thing. Well, it's, it's here. It's here. The peace of Christ is, I mean, it's all over really our faith, but in the, the peace of Christ is one of them. Uh, 
And it's not something that our rational mind, you know, I would tell you how to know the peace of Christ if it were possible to tell you how to know the peace of Christ. But it's not possible. The rational mind isn't able to grasp it. And let me let me talk for a minute about this word rationale. Rationale just literally means this is the reason why I do something. This is the reason why I do something or why I don't do something. And rationale uh, can be twisted and oftentimes is, and it can apply to anything. Back in the, in the 60s, there was, a, there was a routine that Harry Belafonte did with, and I was told the lady's name, but I can't remember it right now. Uh, anyway, huh? Oh, oh, Odette. Yeah, I think that was her name. Uh, but it was called, uh, there's a hole in the bucket. And, uh, you know, I would have figured that maybe uh, not many people knew about that. But in the early service, we have old people. And they knew that. Really good. But, but this, is, this is kind of the way the routine went. Uh, it started out with, with her saying to him, Henry, fetch some water. And uh, he said, there's a hole in the bucket. Uh, but he sang it. It was, there's a hole in the bucket. Dear Liza, dear Liza, we have old people in this service. A hole in the bucket, dear Liza, a hole. <clears throat> fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry, fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, fix it. <clears throat> With what shall I fix it, dear Liza, etc.? With straw, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. The straw is too long, dear Liza, dear Liza. The straw is too long. Cut it, Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. Cut it, dear Henry, dear Henry. Cut it. <clears throat> With what shall I cut it, dear Liza, dear Liza? With what shall I cut it? Eliza, with what? With an axe, dear Henry, dear Henry. Seems like overkill, but it works in the song. Dear Henry, with an axe, dear Henry. The axe is too dull, dear Liza, dear Liza. Sharpen it, dear Henry, dear Henry. With what shall I sharpen it, dear Liza? With a stone, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. The stone is too dry, dear Liza, dear Liza. Wet it, Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. With what shall I wet it, dear Liza, dear Liza? With water, dear Henry, dear Henry. With what shall I fetch it, dear Liza, dear Liza? With a bucket, dear Henry, dear Henry. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza. That is rationale. And it can get circular and you can use it to do anything or not do anything. 
And you say, yeah, but you, you know, you got it. You got it. Um, yeah, you do have to think. But you also need to know that the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And we think that our reasoning comes from here. It starts here. That's where it starts. It just games in our head. And the peace of Christ overrules rationale. Philippians 4, 7, we've uh, taught on this before. Many of you know this verse, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And of course, the context of the verse is, well, if I take everything to God and, and leave it there, then I can I can go and have peace. And that, that that's true. But it doesn't say if I leave it all there, that's why I will have peace. Because I can understand that. I can understand that if I put this down and walk away from it, that I don't have to be bothered with it. No, this is a peace that transcends anything I can understand. It's mystical. It's, it's, it's powerful. Palpable. It's a peace that's founded on, on faith in God, faith in that invisible thing that you can't touch, that you can't see, uh, but that, that is very real. And on the fact that God is in control. Let me, I want to do one of the verses here because I think it's important to belabor this point. Uh, and I brought this verse up some time ago. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I've calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a winged child, I am content. This is, this, is, this is the psalmist setting in the peace of Christ. That's what it is. And, and this, this picture here, you know, I don't know, I don't know how old that, that, that girl is, that child there, but uh, she looks a little bit older than, uh, than our oldest grandson, and she probably is the same age of one of our granddaughters because they're about all those ages. Uh, we get right down to it, but... Uh, the, uh, but, but Jack, our, 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 our two-year-old grandson and, and Bo, you know, when they get with mommy, now they have their moments, you know, but most of the time it's just like, yeah, this is where I am. I'm, I, I'm with mommy. This is great. And if you were to ask them, why do you feel good with mommy? They would look at you like they had never seen an idiot before. Because that is a silly question. They don't know. They just do. They just do. And that, that is the peace of Christ. I am not in control. I am not the captain of my fate. I'm not in control of my own destiny. I mean, if I want, if I want to go to damnation, I, I, I can do that. But putting that option aside, I'm, I'm not the, I gave up control of my destiny. When I gave my life to God and said, this is your here. This is yours. You take this. You, you take control of this. How do we, how do we nurture this peace? Well, it says, let the message of Christ dwell in among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all, with all wisdom. It, it all starts with the word and the truth of the gospel being, being the center of your life. Uh, being the center of your very being, I discovered uh, some time ago that my opinions really aren't worth much. 
When somebody comes to me and they got a problem and they got something going on in their life and I give them my opinion, I have not necessarily done them a favor. In fact, oftentimes I have done them an anti-favor by giving them my opinion. But if I give them the word of God and then let the Holy Spirit apply it and begin to move it and work it in their lives, then then I've given them something, some, something that's, that's important. No matter what happens to you, no matter what happens to those that you love, no matter what happens to the planet, no matter, no matter what happens all around you, this is the message of Christ. God loves you. For God so loved the world. And Jesus Christ died for you. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you have everlasting life. No, no, no matter, God loves you, Christ died for you, you have eternal life. What else do you need? What really? That's that's the peace of Christ. Back in uh I guess the eighties, early eighties, late late seventies, when I was at the Lord's Chapel, we had a an elder there named Lewis Hart, and he made a powerful discovery. Lewis uh Lewis was a good teacher. He was he was a good Bible teacher and and uh and a good man and had a lot of respect and but he had a son, he had an adult son who was just, wouldn't have anything to do with the Lord. Wouldn't have anything to do with the Lord, anything to do with the church or anything. And, and this was really a problem for Lewis. I mean, Lewis really struggled with that. <clears throat> and I remember the elders meeting when he came in and, and shared this powerful discovery that he had made. And, and Lewis was a King James guy, so we'll do it in a King James. But the powerful discovery that he made was Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. And, and it revolutionized Lewis's life. And, you know, and as somebody 30, 35 years younger, it really planted a seed in my life as well. Wow. You know, as long as I stay focused on God, as long as, as long as he is the center of, of where I, my attention is, he'll keep me in perfect peace. That's, that, that is a promise that he has made. And so we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, the message of Christ, uh, through psalms, hymns, and songs of the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. I want to table that for now because I'm going to bring it back up at the end of the, end of the, of the message. But let's go on to the next verse here, where it says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, I, I always, I grew up knowing that verse and having it applied to work. It was basically, you know, when you, when you work, when you're, when you're going to work, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So go, well, and that's really... I mean, that's right. That's something you should do. Ephesians 6, 7 says to serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, uh, not, not serving men. I mean, your boss may not, may not be paying attention. You, you may not be getting the kind of, of rewards that, that your work deserves, but you're working for God and he's paying attention and he, <clears throat> he will reward you. So it does apply there. But 
This isn't talking about our work. This is talking about to everything that we do, everything that we say. And so when I vote, I'm doing a civic duty, but I'm also doing a, a duty to Lord God because I'm doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving, giving thanks to God. When I talk to others, I, uh, that's what this is talking about. And as I was doing that, as I, as I was, as I was writing those two ideas down, because I, I really thought, you know, man, this really applies to the election and it does, but you know, I, I shared with you some other stuff kind of happened that let me know that the election was really sort of an asterisk off the side. As I was writing those two things down, well, when I vote, that's a deed. When I talk to others, that's a word. Then God just dropped in my spirit and said, who gets elected next Tuesday is not as important in the light of eternity as whether or not you are kind or unkind to the delivery guys. Oh, I'm trying to write a sermon here. And I just got stopped. Okay, well, y'all make that, as, I'll use that as, I'll use that as, I'm trying to write a sermon here. I'll use that as, okay, what's their number? You know, and of course, nowadays, they always, you got your, your recent calls there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's Mr. Meek. Uh, listen, I, man, I'm really sorry for being unkind to you guys. I really shouldn't have done that. You know what they said? Hey, man, we're really sorry too. We shouldn't have, uh, you know, we, 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 it was our mistake. We tried to go up the wrong driveway and, and all this stuff. I mean, we just had a love fest. You know, we, we all got on board the love train and we just rode that thing for, for a while. It was good. It was good. I went, yeah. Now we got eternity fixed. Because it really is. I, 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 yeah, I'm not saying the election is not important, but man, in everything that we do, everything that we say, there's so much else going on in our lives that we don't pay attention to that is so much more important than the things that we do pay attention to. And now, not beyond just decision-making, it's letting Christ's peace rule in our daily living. Now, about those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Um, yeah, the worship team can come back up. Uh, when we sing... Yeah, it's good to have, it's good to have a, a great beat. It's good to, uh, to have a groove. It's good to have a song with a hook. Uh, it, it's good to have uh, great musicians and great singers. And we have great musicians and, and great singers. And we really, yeah, you can clap your hands. That's okay. But if that's all we've got, then we have seriously missed it. We sing about Jesus, and we sing about grace, and we sing about the gospel and God's love. 
because it fuels the peace of Christ side of us as, as, as we pay attention and, and as we let it feed us, it does that. I, I'm not anti-secular music. I, I'm, I'm not very in touch. I know who, uh, Swift, Swift, Taylor, Taylor Swift. I know who she is. Know who, uh, Justin Bieber is. I, I, I don't know their music. I, I, I yeah, I re, but I respect them. I respect what they do. Uh, I'm sure it's good because a lot of people seem to think so. Uh, we all know though that, you know, vile music will really mess you. I mean, it'll really mess with you. But the flip side of that is, is, is true as well. These, these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, they, they can, they can cause the word of the, the gospel of Christ to dwell in you richly. There was a man uh, at the Lord's Chapel, I shared this in the early service, who, uh, his name is Ken Adams. And, and uh, Ken had a pretty serious surgery that he had to go through. And there was a chorus that we used to do, uh, like a tree, like a tree, just like a green olive tree in the house, in the house of God. And uh, it didn't have a great beat or a groove, but you know we, huh? Or melody, yeah. But but you know we sang it, and uh, it was good. And and Ken, uh, after he came back from the surgery, he was testifying because it was uh, uh, it had been wildly successful, and and everything gotten taken care of. Apparently, one of the things that they told him was after he went under, after he went under. And they're reeling him to, reeling, wheeling, wheeling him to the room. He's laying on the thing going like a tree, like a tree, just like a green olive tree. Whoa! Man, if you're a doctor, that's the kind of patient you want. Because that's going to, that, that's going to help. The healing has already started. The, the, the healing has, has already begun. Unfortunately, Someone is going to get elected on Tuesday. And equally unfortunately, on Wednesday, there are going to be millions of people angry. You don't have to be one of them. You don't have to be one of them. Because whoever gets elected, you know, I said, I, I prayed and, and, and I've, I've already voted. If the, if the person that I voted for gets elected, I'm going to pray for them because they're going to need it. If the person that I didn't vote for gets elected, I'm going to pray for them because they're going to need it. But whoever it is, they're not the ruler of my life. They're not sovereign over me. I have a king have a God who loves me and who who holds it all and so I'd like to give you uh, some ammunition to go to the polls with or to watch the election with or maybe even better read a good book while the election returns are going on with would you stand with me and in the context of what we're talking about Let's sing this song about who really is sovereign over us. 
what it means.